Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Rocio Studios. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz 2 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. And all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Adam Hall. And we're also brought to you by Bet Online. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting on your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts, and what a brutal loss. Yesterday, uh, 38-31, to 31, BYU comes into Fayetteville. And um, I put out this morning, Adam, where does this rank on the most frustrating losses? And, and when I say history, I know the John L. Smith days. I know the Chad Morris days. I know the Citadel. You know, I just wanted to get the feel. Where did this rank? I know this compares nothing to – the Citadel and, and, and places, but where this program was to be headed this year, where this pro, we thought this program would be in year four under Sam Pittman, where we thought the offensive line, where we thought, you know, Danny, everything. And we talked preseason about the importance of this season with OU and Texas coming into the league next year, how important it was to bounce back and to have that type of game that's where I put it as as frustrating, and I want to get your your thoughts on that. Um, I would say if I'm not going back to like Ocitadel, John L. Smith, Chad Morris, I mean, I'm kind of looking back at the 2015 Toledo game. Um, just this game. I mean, I know I you know we both picked the 10 point difference, Arkansas winning, and it just is completely not what anybody predicted. Um, we didn't, you know, we started off the game hot. Uh, high, I mean, there was all hype, you know, and we're up 14 nothing, and then just sucked the air out of everything after they went up 21-14. Actually, before that, but when it kept on. It, it was that next drive. You know, they, they yeah. had a three and out again and had a chance to, I mean, really, you know, go up 21 nothing. I mean, you know, Again, when we were talking about this season, you have to dominate these teams. You're getting ready for a brutal four-game stretch. You had them on their heels. You're up 14-0 on two big plays, a big run by A.J. Green, and then that punt return, which if you would have blinked, you thought it was Joe Adams back there returning mm-hmm. the punt. I mean, it just gave you that type of vibes. You're rocking. It's 6.30, 7 o'clock at night in Fayetteville. The stadium's rocking at that momentum, and then you just – you could just kind of feel it a little bit of when that drive just stalled and then another one stalled. And before you know it, you're, you're down. Mm-hmm. And one, got to give a shout out to Pat McAfee, <laughs> being, the, being the lone guy on the island that went with BYU. And then there was some crazy Yahoo on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Was talking about he's seen some of the BYU players in an elevator and was talking about how small they were. 
and you look at this line and how they pushed Arkansas around. It's that's why another reason why I say this is a very frustrating game because you just see you know what you have looming ahead. You know what you have coming up. This is that last dress rehearsal. This is where you need to put a statement. You know, BYU coming into the Big 12. This is one of them where the SEC is not done well at all against Power 5. They were now, I believe, 4-7 and seven against not, other Power 5 conferences being the, the least of the Power 5 conferences. And you just let them come into your house and push you around. And when, when you know you are the better team, you can't give them that momentum to get back in the game, and you did it twice. You're up 14 points, and then you were up 10 points. So it wasn't like there wasn't another swing, another chance, but – it, it was. That's why I say when it's up there with the most frustrating losses because you, I had this team as an eight, nine win team. I have to still stand by it no matter what they go three and four because I'm not going to change, change my prediction. But you have to judge this as a nine win team. And what I seen, uh, I mean, the defense looked pretty good last night and we're put in some tough spots. But you, you can't even in that aspect, you can't give that busted run play like they did. No. Um... You know, with the offensive line, it was you know when they were when we were moving the ball um, in the second half or second, it was you got the push, you got the movement even on the pulls from the offensive line. But the majority of the game, they were getting stood up and pushed back. Um, you know, KJ's with Dan Enos's offense, KJ's going to need to or is supposed to go through you know four to five reads. That's what Danny O's offense is for the quarterback. And he can't even get through one to two before he's having to take, take off running or move or the pockets collapsing, whatever, because the line was just getting pushed around left and right. And I don't know if the, you know, we, we've seen the reasons or the excuses from Coach Pittman, you know, with the hand injuries, which I still don't understand. If there's hand injuries, club them up, cast them up, tape it, whatever. But, you know, that still didn't stop all the holding penalties that we got yeah and you look at the 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 rushing attack right here you know aj green nine carries for 86 yards but he had that that 55 yard run the the long run you so you take away that there's eight carries for 30 something yards then you look at dominion 13 for 47 he had a long run of 15 yards so you take that away you're going 12 carries for 30 something yards kj jefferson 13 carries 21 yards Long of 19. So, 13 carries for two yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yes, you you look and you had 177 yards rushing and you averaged, on average, I've seen somebody put out a stat when they were talking about the average. Well, they averaged three or four yards a carry. Well, when you have big runs, you got 55 and then 19, 15, and 13, but yet you take that away from their totals. I mean, they were only giving up a few big plays. And then, of course, the punt return. I mean, if you don't look at this stat right here, you look at how Arkansas outgained them, outpassed them, outrushed them, but then you get down to the penalties. 14 penalties for 125 yards, and it felt like that last drive they got penalized 14 times by themselves. That was another killer when it comes to this game. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, every other thing, you know, like you were saying, total yards, time of possession, you know, it was in Arkansas's favor. I mean, the two fumbles – um, oh. I'm not saying I couldn't believe them, but I, it just came as a shocker. Um, especially after, you know, going in the first two games, which I know the opponents were what they were, but no, a turn, no turnovers going into this game. Yep. And then to have three, 
um, just which I think they have us down for. Well, he they we got one of those fumbles back. We got one back. Yeah. Yes. So um, you know, it's just it kills everything that you have. And you know, I was noticing with the running backs, it felt like they were they were having to create their runs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no holes. They were having to reverse field. They were getting into the east-west game, which just is not there. I mean, it doesn't work, especially with the offensive scheme that's being ran. Yeah, and and for the most part too. I mean, they were holding the receivers in check. I mean, they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, BYU come to play, and I don't know if it was the fact that they were seeing the bulletin board material. No matter how. You say that, you know, and people like us might have played a part into it. You know, we weren't giving BYU a chance to win this game. We, we just assumed Arkansas was going to win this game. We said, before, you know, at the beginning of the show, we both had this 10-point wins. But it is very well that BYU's gotten better and Arkansas's re- regressed. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard. And for all the people coming out and, and wanting showing their frustrations, I mean, you you got to stand by the fans on this. You know, I, how they do it, I know there's people who go to the extremes and they're calling for jobs and calling out players by name and all that. But, man, this is one of them we said before the season, you got to drop your nuts this season. you got to come out to play. you got to show us. We get to see all these hype videos. We get to see all this stuff of how we're going to be bigger, we're stronger, we're faster. I mean, you can't even hardly compete with Western Carolina and Kent State, and then you get beat by BYU. I mean, that's where it's like, all right, when is it time to really be like, okay, let's just shut down social media for a little bit. Let's stop putting out these hype videos for a little bit. Let's come out and, and prove that this year is going to be different. Let's prove that we're going to come out and be businesslike, and we're going to win these games. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the videos in the offseason, um, especially fall camp leading up with Coach Souter and the team, it's – I'm not saying it was a smoke show, but I just feel like there's more to it. I mean, something's got to be up for there to be all this improvement across the board. And then there still being these issues, whether it's mentally or what, I don't know, but it's, it's absurd almost to have the issues that we're having when you, I mean, I know there's a difference between coach Pittman being offensive line coach and a head coach. I get it, but you have the what who was perceived as the best offensive line coach in the entire country, and this is how they're performing. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Well, and another thing we talked about before we started recording, you know, if you want to turn the jukebox up and you want to be the popular guy when everything's going well, and you want to be that one that, that drinks the cold beer, and I, I stood up for the guy. You remember what I was sitting there saying – is everybody on the outside just thinking this is a guy who is just a fun guy who wants to drink cold beer, and I think he should come out now and prove to them that he can coach. And this question right here from Mark Rippey says, do you think Browse helped cover up some of Pittman's shortcomings? Even Mr. Trickster and Browse wouldn't have had lined up in the shotgun twice. No, he would have ran a tight end sweep or tight end sneak. So i got to disagree with you on that one. But, no, I mean, that, it, that falls on both coaches because, one – Enos should have known because it ain't like they didn't because he did a pass play under center. If you don't remember, he threw that quick out under center. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, there was 
there was things of, of signs of this team had some things up their sleeves, but they didn't put it out there. And I there, there's no way, especially knowing that the push that Arkansas wasn't getting, why would you sit there and go on a shotgun formation? One, Eno should have never even put that call out there. Two, you're the head coach for a reason. You can overrule that decision. Call you a timeout. Hey, look, we need to get under center. We need to trust our quarterback that he's going to get us this first down. That should have been overturned. So it falls on both of them. You shouldn't put mm-hmm. Sam Pittman in that position to begin with because you should have called a play under center. It'd be different if that's just the style of offense you want to run, but you can't sit there and put him under center on a little screen pass or a little bubble pass. But when it comes down to it, and you even – there was one where they called a timeout and they didn't even – they still went away from it. And and then they ended up getting a false start. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you need to dress rehearsal. This was your last dress rehearsal because I'm telling you right now, the, another reason why this frustration is here, that this team – could very well, and and more than likely, unless something happens and they just pull their head out of their rear end, this team could be two and five by the time they come back to Fayetteville. So uh, for, for yeah, all the 100%. people, for all the people sitting there saying we're jumping to conclusions or we're being too hard on this team, I'm comparing this team to what I thought they were going to be—a nine-win team. You can't lose to BYU. You have to go four and zero in your non-conference games, and then pray you win four or five SEC games. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all talked um, through, I guess, through the first two games after LSU's uh, loss to Florida State, and then they turn around and demolish, I think, Kennesaw State, and then they made Mississippi State look terrible. Um, You know, LSU's done what they're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. and Arkansas hasn't. Um, I kind of... I'm loathing this game Saturday night, you know, especially with night game in Baton Rouge, you know, I do, it's going to be tough. Um, I just truly don't know, you know, going back to the fourth and the one fourth and one, I mean, you've got a 250 pound quarterback. If he can't get you a half yard to a yard, there's a problem. If your offensive line can't help you get enough where you can't get six inches, on an on a inferior, should have been an inferior team. You're an SEC deep offensive line. Mm-hmm. And you don't have – I mean, let's just take BYU out of the equation. If you can't do it against BYU, you weren't doing it – you were barely doing it against Kent State. Now you got to try to do it against LSU. Then you got to turn around and do it – and again, what we talked about last week, LSU and Alabama, especially Alabama right now, how they played against South Florida. They're pissed off. So, you know what – their, their seasons are not technically over because the fact that now we're in conference play. Mm-hmm. Alabama and LSU both have the affordability that they could both either run the table. I know they got to meet, so the winner of that will have, have the edge on that. But I'm just talking about in general. If either one of them teams runs the table, they're still going to be – we know how it is. Alabama can run the table. They're going to be in that playoff. They can run the table, win the SEC West, and they're going to be – in the college football playoffs. So it's mm-hmm. not all lost for them. This is a very, 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 if not the most important game, and I hate that it has to be against LSU. To me, this has to be the most important game of his career because this is going to see how they bounce back. Mm-hmm. They don't have to win the game, but they have to make it a close game. They get blown out. If they lose this game 41-14 against LSU, if they just go to Baton Rouge and they're just – it's going to be a very long season. 
Oh, it's going to be. And I think this game, kind of like we talked on um, last week, is this game could also determine where some recruits are looking at, you know, how if they, you know, the early recruits, if they start, you know, decommitting, um, that's all on the table now. Uh, if we come up and just lay, and I'm not saying lay a goose egg as it scores zero points, but if we just come out and look how we've been looking, I mean, there's going to be a lot of these early, you know, 25, 26, uh, 2025, 2026 recruits that may be looking the other way. Yep. So then everybody that keeps talking about the great recruiting that Pittman has for the next couple seasons, that's still not set in stone. So these, this, I mean, this game this weekend, especially being on ESPN at six o'clock, is going to have a lot of eyes on it. Well, and and even when they get on campus, you still got to fight to keep them. They come mm-hmm. in as a freshman and they realize it's not as what it's cracked up to be. This transfer portal is just totally, and that's where it giveth and taketh away. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're fighting to keep what you've got. You're fighting an uphill battle as it is. And then you turn around and then you're putting out performances like this. And I'll say this, the defense, I give them a C. And, and, and I was thinking about this last night. How am I going to start grading this team? I'm going to start grading this team on the percentage of the game that I felt like they were being effective. Defense played hell of a game for 70% of the game. Mm-hmm. C-. That, that's where I get because they gave up some busted plays and, and, and some busted coverages. Offense, I, I, F. I mean, because you just had a very, a couple of plays. I give them 25% of the game. I felt like they had control of the game and they were in the game because there was a sense of urgency in this last drive, but even then they were taking too much time off the clock. I mean, KJ was holding on to the ball way too long in some instances. And, and you know, it, when we come back from the break, we'll go on to, you know, deep dive into this looking forward to LSU. But th- there's things with this NIL. There's things that – when we talk about the praise and the criticism, you, you've got to be able to accept both. And, and mm-hmm. it's all glamorous, and we always want to, you know, turn the jukebox on after a win. But when the time gets tough, especially in this new age and this new era of name, image, and likeness, they want the money that comes with it. You've got to take the criticism with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those things which I know we'll touch on more that um, the days of protecting – the players and all that. I mean, to an extent it's done and gone. Um, you, you're getting essentially paid. You're a professional to an extent. So, you know, it comes with it. Uh, now there's something, I mean, I don't want anybody out there, you know, setting trucks on fire, like happened to Brandon <laughs> Allen, yeah. but um, it, it's, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I also think that some need to take a step back, take a deep breath and, uh, maybe read what you write before you hit send. Yeah. And Matt says, how do you give the defensive C minus when the kicker put them in the situation? I mean, I understand that, but you still got to hold the team accountable. You can't give up that big run, that timely busted run where, you know, his first carry, his first touchdown of this, his career, you know, against LJ Martin was his name. The one that had the, the, the touchdown mm-hmm. and he ended up with 77 yards, but a 45 yard touchdown on that run. You you can't, and especially in that momentum when you needed a stop. Just think back to last week when you had Kent State, you had them on the goal line, you got a goal line stand. You know, the defense played very good for 70% of the game. I'm not sitting here. I, I watched the game. I'm, I know when you put them in bad field position, that has things to do with it. But 
you still have to be a, a bend don't break defense. And there was just a look at the the touchdown pass. That was a heck of a catch by the wide receiver of BYU. You know, but oh, yeah. it was a breakdown in the defense and and again he, he made one hell of a play, but you still well, got to hold them accountable for, for those plays. Yeah, and I mean I don't I'm not looking at the special teams as part of the defense. That's their whole other that's a whole different entity. So, you know, I looked at going or during the game even, even after um, Fletcher's 10-yard shank, um, he's still, uh, I, which I didn't look it up today, but he's at that point in time still has a longer average than any punter in Arkansas history yeah, by about a yard. So, I mean, it's going to happen. It just happened at one of the worst possible times it could happen. Yeah, he he did have two two bad punts, but again, and and I'm I'm not saying this to to be petty or, or cute. That, that's a special team steal, you know. That that if you want to, you know, you want to go on special teams, that's another C or D because you know what what if what if uh, Cam Little doesn't make miss the field goal? Well, like we talked about, so the announcers you know? <laughs> jinx with calling him automatic. Mm-hmm. Announcers need to stop that stuff. Yeah. But it's it's one of the things that it, a lot of frustration. That's why I really honestly like doing these shows the next day when everybody can really, yes, get their frustrations back, but really come in with, it's almost like an argument. You, you're going to get more clarity and more stuff accomplished when you are coming in with a cooler head. Because if we'd have done this last night, it probably wouldn't have been good. And, no, you know, no. just a lot of fresh. I mean, we are frustrated. I am very frustrated about the outcome of the game because I want this team. I, I mean, because, damn it, I want it for the fans. I, I want it for the fans to have something to – because no matter what, it, this comment, Arkansas is not a football – it is a football school. They're not, they don't, they're not the most successful program. But when you look at the importance of where the fans rank their – Sports football is number one, so therefore it is a football school. I mean that that's something that gets lost in this transition of where where do you think the importance of this these programs are? You gotta you gotta put football up there because one the revenue, one mm-hmm. the passion that this is an SEC football team. You can't but not say that this is a football school because they have had success. Yes, basketball's overtaken the success in baseball, but two. To sit there and not say that this is not a football school, because I think if you're good enough, you can be a football and basketball school or a football and baseball school. But well, I mean, last year, or I think it was last year, or the year before. I mean, at one point in time, we had all major sports ranked in the top twenty-five. Yep. So, I mean, it's one of those things. I think there's too many labels put out there when it comes to what type of school you are, what sports-wise, football school, basketball school, blue blood, this, that. And it's just kind of – it gets old hearing after time after time, week after week. Yeah. It's just – you you we've seen this song and dance so many years. I mean, I, I've lived in this state my whole life. I'm 41 years old. I've I've seen, you know, when, when the Citadel game and, and the Stoner, you know, talk about frustrating. I mean, it was – on the road, that, that could have been a year that Arkansas was undefeated. They could have won a national championship. They were that talented and that good. And to just one simple play of tripping over an offensive lineman's foot, you lose the game that way. I mean, it, it, it's that. Then the, the, the 
fish fumble, you know, things like that. You know, you can go on and on. The the You didn't scoop and score in, against Ohio State. Ben, I've seen them all. And, and you know, this is the fifth year that we've done this podcast, and we've done this podcast during the Chad Morris years, you know, and – Look, it, it, it's happened. We know what happened during those years. And I guess maybe in a way, I mean, did that night, and we'll, we'll, I'll ask the question, and we're going to take a quick commercial break, but I'll ask the question that's kind of been asked before. Did that nine-win season set all of this thing up to where we jump to conclusions on where this program is? And we'll, ta- we'll talk more about that after the break. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metro's Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. And want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And, and what we talked about before the break and, and posed the question, Adam, you know, do you think, you know, that that nine-win season came too soon and it put too much pressure on, on this, not just this coaching staff, but, you know, this this program as a whole? Well, I think, I mean, it's something that we've talked about, you know, the last or since the summer that um, was it a fluke that this season would be, you know, the kind of the true test on it if that, nine one season was a fluke or not. Um, I think that that has put 
immense pressure on Sam Pittman and this team and our expectations because we we saw it done under well Pittman. I know all the other assistants have pretty much changed, but um, you know we keep going back to talking about that season and comparing things to that season. So yeah. it's definitely put um, a, a lot of the pressure on the team and it's definitely, I'm not going to say jaded our viewpoints, but uh, you know, it affects it a lot. Yeah. And <clears throat> Facebook user, I'm sure it comes from an, uh, either our YouTube page or hog sports says, why doesn't Pitt take more of a role with alignment? I mean, when you're a head coach, you, that's why you have position coaches, you know, I, and I know he gets a lot of flack because of, well, he's an offensive line. How can the offensive line look so bad? I mean, that that's, you can't, you got to separate yourself out of that and be a head coach and oversee everything. And it's hard to do when you're taking over an SEC program. So not saying that you can't hold the coaches accountable for their, for their O-line woes and whatever, but you, you can't insert yourself when you are the head coach. And Matt Sossaman says, one thing I'll say is this firing Pittman nonsense needs to stop. He has, he has coming up the three best recruiting classes at Arkansas – or 24-26, you fire Pittman, you lose all the most. Well, not necessarily, because you got your assistants that are doing the recruiting too. Yes, Pittman is a big part of it, but I, what I'm saying is this. you got to look at this grand scheme of where Arkansas is, and they're already in the middle of the pack of the SEC, and, and, tor- and, and trending towards the lower part of this conference, already as it is. You got OU coming in and Texas coming in. Texas is coming in. Yes, they struggled against Wyoming, but they beat Bama, and that gives them enough momentum coming into this program. No matter you, no matter way how you slice that up, OU's starting to trend upward in that trajectory too. Now there's two two schools that you are haven't had to really deal with when it comes to recruiting against in your conference. You bring in three schools now, including Texas A&M. Now you got OU in Texas in that area where you want to bring in some of your recruits. What what's what is separating them from now going to Texas? What is separating them now from going to OU? Also, there's no more divisions. You don't know who your opponents are going to be when it comes to this how they're going to do this SEC schedule on a year-to-year basis. I don't know how they're, they're going to do it every 2 years, how they're going to do this cycle you got to hold on to every single thing that you can get. And I know how long it takes to rebuild. We've seen this since Bobby Petrino, how long it truly takes to rebuild an SEC program. So that being the question, where does this seat start getting warm? I mean, how bad does it get to where his seat starts getting warm? Or do we ride this out and see where this goes? I'm I don't I'm in the mindset of I'm not going to I'm not on the fire Pittman train. He's our coach. Um, I'm not going to look at okay who could we get to replace Pittman? Who's gonna I'm I'm tired of seeing Gus Malzahn comments, Deion Sanders comments, this, that, and the other. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, Sam Pittman's who we have. Is he on the haunt seat? I think he is a little bit. I think it's getting warm. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, he on the, I mean, on the outs of it, potentially like another bad loss or I say an, an embarrassing loss to LSU or A&M? No, it's not going to be it. But it, it's one of those things that you've got to start. I kind of look at a lot of our coaches that have left, have left on their own. Um, 
is Sam Pittman going to put his foot down and let somebody go himself if there's an issue? And I'm not saying that I'm just, I'm just going to use Cody Kennedy as the example with the offensive line issues. You know, if that's not addressed, does Pittman just write it out? Does Cody Kennedy leave on his own or does Pittman make an example of somebody? Well, and that's another thing that's confusing is we thought he'd done that with Odom. You know, he even said at the, at the touchdown club, well, you know, we're talking about making changes. Well, I don't want to lose my job, so we have to make changes and, and we got to let some people go. I mean, so now it's like, yes, I understand you're bringing in, and let's give Eno a shot here. Let, let, let's, if, if, if we know this is just an offensive line issue, but yes, he is still making some questionable calls, not saying he's totally off the hook, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, you know, the man's three games into this season, and you're already, I mean, so that's where this overreaction, yes, there is a lot of frustration, but there's a lot of overreaction. Um, and then, like to this comment, what are your thoughts on changing over? We're no. not going to change conferences. No, uh, there's too much money in the SEC. It's not going to happen. If it's Bandy never ain't changed happen. the conference yet. Arkansas's not changing the conference yet. Yeah, I mean that's just exactly. I mean, the, the money. No, there, there. I mean, that's the thing. The money's too. And listen, and let let's just be honest here. You know, could you imagine the fallout? of all these teams are wanting to be in the SEC and you're the one that leaves. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that, that you're giving yourself your own, the, the, your own dissonance. Well, and let's keep going that. Let's just take that. As, if we're, if we're going to flirt with this idea, let's go a step further. We move to a lesser conference and what happens when we don't win it? Mm-hmm. Um, do you downfall even more? Does this spiral out of control yeah. even more at that point? Yeah, and and Matt again, Enos isn't the answer. We don't know that yet. We can't say we he doesn't have enough time. Sam, and the, this is why I bring Sam Pittman in this. We're in year four with him. You know, we're in year four with him. It, it's it's the thing that I want to see. If this would have been a hard fought game between the two, if Arkansas was pushing and getting the run game, if they were showing signs that this was just two giants going at each other. I would have a different outlook on this game. But when you see the way BYU was manhandling us and just you're giving a 14-point lead-up and then a 10-point lead-up, this wasn't no back-and-forth seven trading blows. I mean, Arkansas had a chance two times to put this thing away, and they let them come back into it. You know, and, and a game that, honestly, half the BYU fans were just happy to come out here. You know, mm-hmm. and you know it, it, that's where the frustration lies on that part of it is because you got manhandled, and when you're mm-hmm. talking about we're stronger, we're faster in this, you got to prove it. And and in that last drive, the offensive line, the penalties, they were just gassed. They, I mean, I know there was a lot of players, a lot of people going after singular players, which we will never do singularly on this platform. But when you see guys that are captains of the squad just gassed and, mm-hmm. and committing penalties, and I've seen one player where it's just you're just throwing your hands up in the air like I, I, I've got beat. <laughs> I mean, that's where you know that something has to change. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about, um, you know, when Latham was out 
and you know him coming back and like oh that's going to fix all the offensive line woes and here we were last night i mean he was a like a lot of the offensive line about a half step or step behind and the pulling at the jersey i mean it was just blatant there was there should have been more holds called than mm-hmm. there were and i know oh, yeah. that's for most games in general but there was a lot that was not called last night and I'm not one, I'm not going to blame the refs or anything. Never put the game in the hands of a ref yeah. um, because there was stuff both ways that wasn't called. The only so, play that I will throw into question was the substitution one where I didn't get how I didn't see the late substitution. I don't, hmm. I didn't see that part where, and, and the only reason why I question that is because for the one time they got a quick count off and threw the, out route and he was going to take it to the house. He was gone. That yeah. was the only play where I'm like, "Hey, did the refs cost a touch, us a touchdown?" You know, that was that was the only point. But to the ref comment, you could see the white hats poor. I mean, his demeanor at the end, he was like he rolling his eyes. Here we go, another penalty. You know, they're they're going to kill us. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. the, the ref was like. They're going to kill us. We're calling so many flags, but when you're doing that over and over and over and and. You know, BYU was getting called for penalties as well. I mean, I think, let's see, seven for 45. Yeah, or... Seven for 45 yards, and Arkansas had 14 for – so you had you had a good running back day when it came to your penalty yardage. 14 carries for 125 yards of penalties. I mean, that... well, I mean there's always going to be missed calls in game. Yeah. I think one blatant missed call was uh, a late hit on KJ. That, it was – Yeah. Well, and the, and the one that they called on – I don't know who it was. He rushed around. He barely tapped. They ba- oh, he barely, barely tapped, tapped him. him. Yeah, the roughing the passer on that one. I mean, yeah. it's uh, they called yeah the roughing the passer on BYU's quarterback. Then J- KJ's laying on the ground and gets laid on by an offensive lineman and oh, they yeah. don't throw anything with a ref standing right there. Yeah. Well, but and then another one. Neither one of those plays affected the outcome of the game. That that one old boy that tackled him and done kind of the gator roll and then stood over KJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was another one that hey. That sh- that should have been because it was right in front of the ref. I mean, if it was right in front of the refs, and his his teammates were pulling him back because yep. he was about to keep going. With it. <laughs> and I didn't know if that was just you know his statement. And honestly, we can get mad as fans all that we want. Quincy McAdoo did the exact same thing against Kansas in the yep. Liberty Bowl. Yeah. So well, and it's it's almost like a, a coach getting a, a a technical foul on purpose. You're trying to set a tone or spark your guys. You're, and I think that – look at the, another one, and I, I hate that the dude got hurt. But you look at that Colorado-Colorado State game and the guy, it was a dirty hit. It was a blatant hit. But he was setting a tone like, dude, all we heard all week is Colorado-Colorado. I want to do the best I can to be like, look, we're here. Yes, mm-hmm. I hate that the dude got hurt. I know that it, it sucks that – you know, he ended up going to the hospital, and we don't. And then he's going to be out a few weeks. But they they were talking about the 08 uh, OU Florida game, and uh, Major White. It wasn't OU. It might have been. I think it was OU Florida, but it was Major White um, hit the OU guy. I mean, just launched into it. Yeah, it was a flag, but he's like, I was setting a t- uh, setting mm-hmm. the tone for that game. I mean, it's one of them deals. You know, you're coming into an environment, SEC environment, student sections painted up, welcome to the SEC. Then the guy throws that. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he was standing over him and, and whatnot. But it's still, you you show a team, it's it's like that old cliche about that Mike Tyson thing. Everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Well, 
if you hit Arkansas in the mouth, be like, hey, you went up 14 nothing on us, but we're back. That 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 sets the tone of that game. Yeah, the you know, I'm kind of over a lot of the the welcome to the SEC stuff. The it just means well, like, you know, the SEC, a lot of the SEC talk um comes from not from Alabama, not from Georgia, not from the top tier SEC schools. You know, it comes from everybody kind of hanging on to, oh, we're a part of the best conference in the country. And, you know, doing things like that when then, you know, you beat BYU in their house last year. You know, we talked with um, Jake on last week. Yep. And he said, you know, I asked him flat out, is it a revenge game? And, you know, they could play it down like it wasn't because there were 60 new players on that roster um, because of the, you know, the portal and everything else. But, you know, to the players that were there, it was. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those – everybody saw the video, or most people did, of, you know, BYU couldn't find Arkansas – players couldn't find Arkansas on the map, didn't know where it was. But if you listen to, you also heard players in the background that was kind of like, who cares? Yeah. Like, why – you know, it, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, that, in my opinion, is probably the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, they were focused. They had a, a mission – and they accomplished it. That's funny. You brought in, they had a mission. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it was funny. You know, that they, you, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. You know, they donate to the food bank that they bring, they, they run out with the flag, which I mean, I, I've reached out to multiple uh, BYU guys, Jake and, and the mm-hmm. sports radio team, you know, that we really appreciate the, the kind gestures and, and how the fans were treated and stuff. And, you know, it's one of the things that it's like they were softening us up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I even put out there saying, all right, I, you know, when uh, Satania took the pump back, it, it were AJ, one of the plays I said, all right, I, I love the gestures, but it's business time now. And, of course, you know, after the ending, and you uh, BYU fan said, well, the business is close. I, I deserve those things, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's it, those are the clapbacks that, hey, look, there, there's nothing you can do about it, but – all in all, I'll say this is, you know, we're in a new era of college football, transfer portal, NIL. We got to be able to accept the good. The players got to be able to accept the good, but we've also got to be able to handle the criticism. You, you are getting money now. You are you, – you want to, you know, get – some players are getting six figures. Some players are – I mean, across the country – are making million-dollar deals. They're making more money as college athletes. Rightfully so, they should be. But it, it that, I mean, listen, you're in a different era of they're, they're not technically kids. They are getting paid to play this game. I don't care if you're getting paid $1,000 to play this game or if you're getting paid $500,000 to play this game. You're getting paid to play this game, so therefore, now, do, do I want people to go at them personally? Do I want and – I, I, and this is NFL. You shouldn't go at anybody personally. Stephen A. Smith taught us this. You could talk about someone's play on the field. You could say, hey, they missed that block or they did this. But when you take it to a personal level and start attacking them personally as a human being, that's where that line's drawn. You, you don't ever attack someone as a human being or their personal or go after their families or – Mm-hmm. go into their relatives' DMs or their DMs. And like you said, the Brandon Allen effect, you know. But we have to sit here as 
we can't be sunshine pumpers. We have to sit here and talk about the truth of if somebody's missing blocks, if the offensive line's not doing their job, we got to hold them to the same level. And and that's part of that expectations is you want more as in you want to be paid for your name, image, and likeness. Well, if, if that likeness is not there at that moment, that's all right to sit there and say that, hey, you know, that was a game you should have won. You weren't doing your job. Therefore, you got to handle those. Now, we can't sit out here and say, well, this dude's trash or he sucks. We just, we just got to come out and say, call it out is. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we've talked about before, you know, the coaches are going to put who they think is the best man in the position at the time on the field. So call them out for what they did on the field. Don't call them out as a person. Don't exactly. go after them. I mean, you know, we saw all over Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, players being called out. Um, you had current and former players defending them, which I'm all for. Um, but at the same time, you know, it comes with the territory. <laughs> he he didn't look. I we know who the person is. We know. I mean, we're not going to name names. He didn't attack the dude as a person. All he said was that person should not play another snap. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? That that's nothing against his character. That is a frustration you're putting out there. And I know this person's well known for for picking fights or, or trolling. But when you're saying those type of things. I don't see nothing wrong with it because you're just you're airing your frustrations of this guy should never play another snap again. Or mm-hmm. I think they should fire Sam Pittman. I think they should fire Dan Enos. Now we don't have to agree or disagree with what they said. But and that's what people are gonna have to understand too, is when you put it out there, you've also got to ex- or, you know, accept the criticism and the comments that you're going to get back for what you typed or what you said, or w- which a lot of people yeah. can't handle. You know, they want to put it out there, but they don't want to take it back in. So, but it's like, you know, we should be able to air our grievances and, uh, with the players. You know, if he thought that that guy shouldn't play on their set, so be it. That's his opinion. He's entitled to it. Yeah, and, and that's where, you know, of course, if the players want to come to the defense and they, hey, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I, I love that you know, pro ex-players are coming after, you know, the team and, and standing by the, that's a brotherhood. That, mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. It's just the fact that I, I do think in this instance he was getting unfair treatment of he was acting like he was going to him personally as a man, as his character, when that's not the case. 100%. You know, that that's – I mean, we got to call a spade a spade, and we don't have to like what everybody does, but there's sometimes be like, well, he, he didn't mean it that way. I mean, they're just like what we were talking about with the the hits. I mean, he stood over him. We don't have to – We he should have got flagged for that. But he was also setting a tone for the game. So, therefore, mm-hmm. you know, it, I don't know. It's, it's Social media has is, is brought a lot to where people, like I said, they, they have opinions, but they want everybody to have their same opinion. And we got to realize that some we're not going to have the same opinions. Me and you are not going to have the same opinions. But yet when we don't, that, I'd rather it not be that way because that makes better for us to sit there and talk about different opinions and talk it out opposed to, well, you don't believe what I believe. Therefore, I want to have somebody on here that just believes everything I believe in. And you don't get anywhere like that. Well, I mean, just like coaches don't want yes men on their staff. You don't want to sit I – mean, this would be boring if we sat here and had the exact same exactly. ideals day in, day out. Yeah, 
And, and it's tough. It's one of them, you know, I'll, I'll take a, a page out of uh, my buddy Phil Elson's book. You know, used to do on Wednesdays. and he, he On Wednesdays, he'd kind of fold up his paper on the radio and toss it away. Now we have to, you know, move our focus to the, the boot in LSU. And, and on Wednesday evening, we're going to have Blake Rafino on, our guy over at AYS Sports. Always a pleasure having him on to, to preview the game. And I know right now it's, it's one of them that um, – Standing now, a lot of people don't have, a, you know, Arkansas having a chance in this game, but this is going to be a proving ground. This is going to be a proving week. Not saying that it's not impossible for Arkansas to turn around and win this game because they do always play LSU tough. It's one of them games that I said that I really like this being the first SEC game. Now, whether offensive line shows up or the offensive goes stagnant, you know, for a whole – quarter or whatever that's that's to be seen but I'm really interested to see how this team bounces back and how they are ready to face because you're going into LSU in Death Valley on a Saturday night not much of a bigger challenge than that no there's really not I mean even today it was tough to, you know to go ahead and like make the game <laughs> week and game day graphics yeah. but it's just like you know what I, we've got to move on from it exactly you know it's, it's tough so, you know, tomorrow's a new day. After today, you know, we'll reference the BYU game, but it's time to move on. Yeah. And and that's where we'll end this show. I mean, thank you for everybody coming on and, and again, joining us and airing out your grievances. We, we love every one of your comments. And, again, you can comment anything you want, and we don't have to really like or agree with what you you say, but we're going to air it out. And if we agree, we're going to sit there and we're going to answer it. We're going to talk about it. We're not just going to show the comments we like. If we totally disagree with a comment, we'll give you a chance. Like Matt, you know, he had num- numerous points that were against what we thought or what he thought, and that that's where we get places. That's what makes the conversation. That's what makes this fun is talking things out and really having differences of opinions and having conversations because you don't see that too often. Adam, you got anything else? Oh, I think I am BYU'd out for the night. <laughs> All right. For Adam Hall, I'm Porter Hayes. Thank you again for so much for joining us. Brought to you by Bet Online and Arkansas Brewing Company, part of the Believe Network. And we will catch you on Wednesday night. See you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.